an announcements. Um, this Friday, I believe it starts at 6 p.m. Um, this church, it's full for the whole church. Um, we will uh, have an installation service for Elder and Sister Flowers. And that will be this Friday, and you will want to be here. I'm so sorry. Thank you very much. Saturday. Saturday. I need these wrote out in front of me really big. Um, Saturday. Everybody say Saturday. At 6 p.m. Thank you. It'll be a beautiful time. And uh, it'll be a beautiful time for Pastor and Sister Johnstone, too. Absolutely. Friday night. Oh! I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm being used today to show you how weak the flesh is. I'm the prime example. If you can learn something or get joy out of my weakness, so be it. Saturday. Everybody say Saturday. Delia, say Saturday at 6 p.m. So, and then in February 15th, on a Saturday, I got that correct. We will be having a pastoral retirement for Brother and Sister Johnstone. And, and um, we would like for you to come. We will be having a dinner here. We will announce the time of that in the future. And so it's all just a beautiful, beautiful couple of months. I want to read one scripture to you. And the, yesterday, the hyphen and I were talking about how powerful the word of God is. And there was one scripture that I felt very strongly yesterday. And um, I forgot to read it. Imagine that. The can't remember who's Friday and what's Saturday person. So I'm reading it today. And I have it wrote out, and it's the Word of God. And I'm not going to try and quote it, because I think I'll get it wrong today. So I'm going to read it to you, and I want you to listen to the, to the Word of the Lord in verse 8. For my thoughts, and that is chapter 55, Isaiah, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not, stays there a while, thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that which goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing wherein I sent it. The word of God. It does. As we read the word of God, he's saying it will not return void. As I read the word of God, it changes me. It changes me. He's saying like the rain that comes down, like the snow that comes down and waters the earth and brings the seeds to fruition and gives us food. So does his word. As we read it and digest, it will give fruit. 
it will give what God would have it to do. It will change us. And yesterday, the hyphen and I were talking about reading the word of God and reading it out loud and knowing that God's word will change you. Well, hyphen, there you go. There's a scripture I forgot yesterday. And it is really good. Write it down. Isaiah chapter 55, start at verse 8. God bless you. Bishop Schoonover. Thank you, my dear. Praise God. I'd like to give you an update on the uh, Guzman family. Some of you have uh, heard us share the story of Pedro and Maria Guzman. They were, he was a limousine operator when I met him. Uh, and uh, in a process of time, we made many trips to Florida. Mike Box, how are you doing? Good to see you. And so we made many trips to Florida to minister to them. And the eventuality was as they came up to Washington and from here, they actually went to California for a short time, but then over to Italy. Since their time in Italy, I think it's been about 10 years now. Oh, you can be dismissed to your classes now. Since they've been in Italy, I believe about 10 years now, they have established two congregations one congregation in the city of Torino, or Turin, and the other congregation in Milan. Uh, we've made a couple, several trips over there, uh, been with them, as well as others that we have met there. And recently, he and his wife have expressed a burden and begun to make trips to both Ireland and the United Kingdom, London in particular. Uh, they've been invited to come and minister at some conferences hosted in London and uh, been remaining in contact with me, sharing their burden and believing that God is releasing them from Italy. Now, they will remain at the present living in Italy because it's cheaper to live in Torino than it is to live in London. But they will make multiple trips, mission trips, throughout the United Kingdom and the country of Ireland. Uh, it was very interesting to me. He sent me a picture this morning and texted a little bit, told me he was in Limerick, Limerick, Ireland. You fly into the city of or the airport, Shannon Airport, and you drive to the city of Limerick. Well, it just so happened when I was in the sixth grade, you know, my dad was an airline pilot. And he gave us each an opportunity to take a trip with him somewhere he was flying. And my brother and I, my youngest brother and I, we flew to Limerick, Ireland. And so we had been there when I was very young, sixth grade. But uh, I, I texted him back and I said, oh, I hope you get to go to the Benrati Castle. And he said, yes, and we did. And so anyway, I'm excited to hear about that. But let me, let me share a piece of this with you. For whatever reason, uh, there is a man in Italy who has taken opposition to Pedro and therefore opposition to me and my participation there in Italy. And so on my last trip, I reached out to him one more time to try to get him open up and he will not open up. And so this is how I closed out my communication. I will not return to Italy without your permission. And so I'm going to leave this between you and God. 
What's interesting is the superintendent of the United Kingdom is a close friend of mine. So while they are going to England and to Ireland, I am anticipating the possibility of meeting up with them again in these other places. Now that's exciting for me. So Elder Johnstone had communicated that there are some of you who have been contributing to the support of the Guzman family. And so I'm just wanting to give you an update. All right. Praise God. I have asked him to please take a video when he gets to England, standing under the London Bridge and communicating to you about their burden. So I'll expect to get that and we'll share that with you. All righty. Amen. Now, on a more, much more serious note, uh, I'd like to talk to you about Daniel Garcia. I met Daniel Garcia because I met his brother years ago, Joel Garcia. And we became very close friends. Matter of fact, Joel and I were involved in ministry out at the Work Release Center for two years together on Monday nights. I remember sitting in their mother's yard down here off of Fair Avenue. It was the first time they introduced to me horchata. Of course, they, they called it agua de arroz. But they told me the process of having, how they made it. And I kept saying, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. This is so easy and this is so good. But through the years, we really became very close to this family. And... Uh, I saw Danny Garcia be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins years ago. I saw him receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I saw him, and you may have heard me share if you were here on a Tuesday night one night. I I saw him praying in the altar uh, multiple times, just, just bent back, speaking in tongues and worshiping and praising God. Now, his path has been rough and his road has been troubled at times but recently he had been reaching back to God brother Escobar had been giving Bible studies with him he had been attending here on Tuesday nights and so this is very comforting to me I heard for I talked to Joel this morning or last night and uh, he is in Las Vegas if you did not hear or read in the paper Danny was simply walking on the sidewalk and a woman driving a car careened across two lanes and across the median and ran him over on the sidewalk and he died as a result of his injuries. It was a shock for everybody to hear. Um, Joel is uh, supposed to be able to see him for the first time today for 15 minutes. He's been in the coroner's office. And uh, they will ship his body back to Yakima, assuming there'll be a funeral here. But I wonder, could we, could we pray for the Garcia family right now? Would you mind standing with me? It's your familiarity, Father, with this family, the Garcia family. And the, the way that you have drawn them... By your spirit through their many lives, Father, each brother, each sister, each one at various times, bending a knee to you, Father. And we we present Danny and his life 
between you and him, Lord Jesus. I pray for his children, Father. I pray for his siblings, his loved ones. You are our comforter, Father. And I pray that your comfort, your anointing and blessing would be manifested in their lives, Father, during these very difficult, difficult times. We ask for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We have an appointment. We don't know the appointed time. You know, you can investigate the details of a situation and wonder, well, but what about this and what about that? It was interesting that there was no alcohol involved. It was interesting that there was no drugs involved. They're still investigating the details of how the car got from one side of the road to the other side and to specifically end up where it did bringing Danny Garcia's life to an end. But we don't know the day or the hour. We don't know the days ahead. We don't know our future. And so it's an imperative that we live our lives submitted to Him. Reaching to Him. Conscious of His hand being operative in our lives. Amen? We have an appointment. I'd like for us to read in the Bible today. Three areas of Scripture. Actually, three chapters. Greater works. Say that with me. Greater works. The words of Jesus. Greater works shall you do. I'd like to begin reading at John chapter 14 at verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Now this is the the man Christ Jesus. The son of God. The fleshly tabernacle. Speaking in the first person. It's important that we know him. It's important that when we we speak the name of Jesus Christ, we know that we are speaking of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Because that is His name. And the Bible says, They that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. It's important that we study to show ourselves approved Unto God rightly dividing the word of truth. So that we can know him. In the fellowship of his power. Of his suffering. Of who he is. The mighty God in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. Because they that know their God. Shall be strong, Leland. Do exploits. 
in the Spirit. He said, in my Father's house, verse 2, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know. And the way you know. But Thomas says unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. And now Philip says unto him, Lord, show us the Father. And it suffices. We'll be satisfied. And Jesus says to Philip, Have I been so long with you, yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. This is why we don't divide the Godhead into personages, multiple. The express image of God was in the man Christ Jesus. He was the image. He was the vessel. He was the fleshly tabernacle. Hebrews said he robed himself in flesh. Came in the form of a servant. Verse 11. Oh wait. Did I finish? I speak unto, unto you. I speak not of myself. But the father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the father. And the father in me. Or else. Believe me for the very works sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. He's speaking of the ascension. He's speaking of a need for him to step out of the realm of the flesh and ascend to the place of sitting on 
the one and only throne in heaven. There's not multiple thrones in heaven. Big throne, medium throne, little throne. No. God said, I am God alone and there's no Savior beside me. Don't you love the truth of the word of God? Don't you love the declaration that he came to manifest himself to us? He didn't send somebody. Verse 13, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus says later on in another couple of chapters, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. There is going to be a dimension change. And if I don't leave, it's expedient that I go. But if I don't go, you're going to remain in the same dimension that you're walking in now. They were hearers. They were listeners. They were believers. But there was going to come a change in the dimension of how they operated and walked. Greater works than these, Vance, shall you do. I go to my Father. It's expedient that I go. Because then the Holy Ghost is going to come and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. This is the reality. This is the real dim- dimension. What we see with the natural eye and even what we hear with our natural ears, that's not a reality. The reality is what the Word of God proclaims. Those things that are born of the Spirit. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. I love to read in the book of Acts. I feel the empowerment. I don't have to read very long. There's a manifestation of that power. Peter. Peter. Peter was the one that the Lord said, Peter, Satan desires to have you. To sift you as wheat. You are about to go through a trial that you cannot imagine. I'm not going to deliver you from the trial. Now this is me talking. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to deliver you from the trial. You need to go through the trial. But when you come out on the other side. Because I have prayed for you. That your faith does not fail. 
You're going to strengthen the brethren. Here he is. Peter and John. About to strengthen the brethren. Peter and John went up together unto the temple at the hour of prayer. Being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame, unable to walk, since he was born, from his mother's womb, was carried. How long had he been carried there? A couple weeks, a couple months. No, 40 years. Now, he's not suffering an affliction. There's another word that came to me this morning and it escapes me. He was not afflicted being lame. He was born, if it was speech, I would call it impediment. Somebody help me. So what would I call it? What? A deformity of something? What? Disabled? Handicapped? A lot of, lot of terms that we could call. But it was the way he was born. You know, there's times when we suffer afflictions. And we, boy, we get tired of them. And there are times... How many, how many here have been... You have experienced miraculous healing or instant healing in your life? Hold your hand up a little higher. Instant healing... Okay, let me ask you, how many have experienced healing, but it was over a period of time? Okay, many in the room, myself included, both sides. Time has a way of playing on our mind. Maybe the Lord is not going to heal me. Maybe the Lord... Now, these are legitimate thoughts. Maybe the Lord wants me to go through this experience for a while. Maybe I just should wait upon the Lord on what He's trying to do in me with this situation. And time when it prevails can cause the human mind to begin to accept the circumstances and say, well, I guess maybe this is just the way it's always going to be. If we have been in the environment where people are praying... And we've been anointed with oil. And we've been prayed for. Every youth convention. Every camp meeting. Every fellowship. And uh, sometimes Sunday and Tuesday. And we've been prayed for. Time can cause an individual to accept the circumstances. And faith wanes. Now, there's, 
There's nothing wrong with finding a place of contentment in whatever state we're in. Because that's biblical. And that, is, that has to do with our relationship and expression towards God. I can't speak for the man that was carried to the gate beautiful every day so that he could beg for anything that would be given to him. Yet there he sat. He had been there as long as he could remember being born that way and sat there begging for alms. He probably stopped asking, hey, please pray for me. And resorted to, can you give me a couple of bucks? Because time wears on us. <laughs> I'm sure it wears on the Lord. As he watches and listens and observes how it affects us and There was a time when a, a child, I don't remember the exact circumstances, but there was a, a time when a child was brought to the Lord and uh, his deci- or the parents came to the Lord asking for healing for the child and, and uh, the disciples are looking and asking, who sinned, him or his parents? In other words, surely this is a result of a sin, but the Lord Jesus Christ said, neither one. This is wrought so that God could be glorified. In other words, this was an appointment. This was an appointed time. And on the the calendar of God's time clock, He was turning the pages and watching. Oh, here it is right here at the end of the month. We'll just, let's wait this out. We got to watch every day play out. And it's coming down to the 31st of the month and there's Peter and John they're on their way to the temple to pray and a man sits there and just like he would to every other person that walked by alms alms for the poor reached out for alms but never lifted his head and something quickened you know that guy that had denied the Lord and you know he, everybody looked down on him. He Three times he denied the Lord. The same guy that said, Lord, I'll, I'll go to death with you. And he said, no, before this night's out, you will have denied me three times, Peter. Have you ever battled condemnation? Not conviction. That's the positive one. Condemnation. Guilt. I'm not worthy. You think the Apostle Peter didn't deal with all facets of that after having denied the Lord and then the Lord showing up again alive? I can see him sitting in the corner. He was the same guy that made a fool of himself when they got up. He got up from the table, the Lord did, to wash their feet. And his mouth was always a little quick. This same man with a brother 
on their way to the temple to pray. And a man, a voice is heard. A voice is heard. And in the expression of the sound of that voice, something is quickened into the man who at Pentecost had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He feels something register in his spirit. And he speaks to the man and says, Look on us. The Bible says he looked on them expecting to receive $20. Something. He didn't know what. He was expecting to receive something of them. Money. Because Peter's words reveal it. Silver and gold have I none. But man, I'm feeling something right now. John! You feeling what I'm feeling? Silver and gold. Whoa! But such as I have, give I thee, because greater works shall you do in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand, raised him up, And the Bible says they went leaping. A man who was crippled from his birth. Nothing is impossible with God. And all things are possible to them that believe and that call upon his name. Let's wait on the Lord here for a minute. Come on, this is His thing. This isn't our thing. We trust You, Father. We receive of the faith that Your Word has brought into the house. We receive it unto ourselves. We embrace it. We take it in. In the name of Jesus. He went leaping. He leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Verse 9. All all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. As the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto him, unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. When Peter saw it, he answered unto the people and said, Ye men of Israel. Why marvel you at this? Why look ye so earnestly on us? As though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, 
hath glorified his son, Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. (laughs) Now, this is an interesting turn. See, if this would have been us or this would have happened in our day, we would have scheduled a healing crusade. We would have put the word out. We would have probably gingerly handled these people who were. The Bible says all of them came. And we would possibly have looked for a way to capitalize. On something God had just done. Isn't it interesting? That in this moment. Peter stuck his finger out. He looked them in the eye. And began to accuse them of the things that they had done. To the Lord. Not to this lame man. Let me say something. We are accountable. To the spirit of God. Not the reason of our own minds. I was in a conversation one time. We were talking about a funeral. Lady across the table from me says, He started preaching at the funeral. She was disgusted. And I listened to her for a little bit. And then I told her, You know, I got a call one day. There's a couple in the church, they, they ran one of these storage unit places. And there was somebody that had a storage unit there that had died. They had nobody. They knew nobody. So if you can imagine, they reached out to the storage management, the storage people. And the woman that was there said, let me call. And called and asked me if I would come and do a funeral for this, these people. I don't know him. She really didn't know the person that died. And I thought, well, sure. I drove way out in the country. It was out in this uh, cemetery area. I mean, it was like way out past Roy, if you even know where that's at. On the west side. And I got to this place and they had a tent set up. It was going to be an outside graveside. There was 40 or 50 people sitting in chairs. Bikers. Dressed as such. Bikes parked in. I don't mean bicycles. And their bikes were all parked off in the side. And they were a rough crowd. And they were all sitting there in chairs. Looking stoically quiet. Not knowing what to do. They lost a friend. And I am telling you. When I opened that funeral. I felt the anointing of the Holy Ghost come on me. And I began to preach. To those in the chairs. And I stopped myself. I wish I would not have. I am certain. Any moment. If I had just laid hands on some of those. And began to pray with them. They would have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost prevailing there and so I said to this woman that was criticizing the preacher that preached the funeral 
I think a man ought to do whatever God says to do. And not fear other men. Because God alone knows. This is why we're, we're accountable and, and responsible. Peter looks like he got up there and blew the whole thing. Started pointing their, his finger in their faces and accusing them for what they did. We don't know. But God knows. The words that will turn the heart of an individual. In this situation, it's interesting. Many of the common people heard the word and were responsive and believed God. There were many that were religious in the group that just tried to stop them from using the name of Jesus Christ. Let me read it. Verse 12, And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Yea, men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Why look ye so earnestly on us as though we by our own power? I'll jump down. Verse 14. But you denied the Holy One and just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life whom God hath raised from the dead whereof we are witnesses. And His name, through faith in His name, hath made this man strong whom you see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of freshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And you shall send, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. Stop right there. I feel a quickening of the Holy Ghost in here. Why don't we stand? He is the author. He is the finisher of our faith. He has externally manifested his presence in this room. Now the stirring of the Holy Ghost is an eternal, internal work. Okay? To believers who have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That external feeling that sometimes we feel, we were feeling it while we were worshiping earlier in that last song. 
I've come to know this of one, or, one of two things, or possibly both. It's either an angelic presence, or God is manifesting His presence in the room. Okay? We don't limit Him with anything. But I'll tell you this that I do know. When there is a manifestation of angelic presence, it's usually when God is about to do something. It's just not to make us feel good, have a sensation. It's when God, they are present to do a work, to, to uh, accompany. Now, there's been an accompaniment throughout this session of ministry. I'll tell you that because I know that. I feel that. <clears throat> That's external to me. That's for us. See, I don't, I don't think that we can come begging, falling out. But the key to touching God is humility. Surrender and humility. And just presenting oneself in the presence of God when he is already making self real to us here tonight today <clears throat> as the musicians sing and play I'd like to open this altar and I would like for you to make it a personal thing this isn't a group thing this isn't trying to appeal to everybody in the room to come into the altar everybody of course is welcome but would you between you and God and the things that you have communicated about to him and believe this all things are possible to them that believe and that call upon his name Forsaken, the Lord is in this place the Lord is in 